This is episode 107 of the Swallow Your Pride podcast, and we have two guests today, and together their company name is called E2, uh, but we have Elizabeth Lipton Daly and Ed Steger, and I'm sure you've all heard of both of them. They're both such wonderful people. Um, Elizabeth Lipton Daly is an SLP who received her master's in communication sciences and disorders from the University of Wisconsin. She's the executive vice president for E2 Scientific Corp. She guides the clinical practices, documentation, and education process for the tongueometer to the SLP and patient communities. In addition to working in the acute and inpatient rehab settings, Elizabeth is also the executive director for the National Foundation of Swallowing Disorders. Ed Steger is a five-time head and neck cancer survivor. The effects of surgery and radiation and years of toxic chemotherapy resulted in his diagnosis of severe dysphagia in 2007. His last normal meal was in 2006. Ed was elected president of the National Foundation of Swallowing Disorders in 2012. He has worked tirelessly to raise dysphagia awareness, advance swallowing disorder education, promote research, and provide patient support. He designed the product and had a major role in prototype production using the latest technologies. Prior to his head and neck cancer diagnosis in 2005, Ed spent almost 30 years in industry as a management consultant. He has a master's degree from Carnegie Mellon University. Welcome to the Swallow Your Pride podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Richard. I'm a board-certified specialist in swallowing and swallowing disorders, and I know firsthand how much confusing and conflicting information there is out there about how we assess and treat swallowing disorders. This podcast is all about bringing everyone together, getting on the same page, being open to new ideas, and using evidence-based treatment strategies for our patients with dysphagia. So let's get into it. Just a quick disclaimer that all statements and opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect on the organizations associated with the speakers and are their own opinions solely. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Um, I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am about this episode and... I was literally just blown away by the amazingness of Ed and Elizabeth. Um, I've known both of them for a while. I've worked with Elizabeth um, through the NFOSD with their um, Dysphagia Awareness Month campaigns. And then I also had the privilege of speaking with Ed on stage at the Charleston Swallowing Conference last year. So I've known them. And then to hear that they've now created this amazing product, I... I was just blown away by this conversation. So um, <laughs> I wanted to just put the disclaimer out there. They did not pay me to promote this at all. Um, I am not getting paid off any promo codes that they provide. I just, I'm so fascinated by their story. I love to hear, I love advocacy efforts by clinicians and even dysphagia survivors. I mean, how, how incredible, Ed, or head and neck cancer survivors um, with Ed, just incredible story for both of them. So uh, what they have agreed to do is... If you use promo code SYP2019, so SYP2019, you'll get $10 off of a tongueometer device that excludes the bulb, so just the device, and is valid through the end of the year. So if after you listen to this wonderful conversation that I had with them and hear all the perks of this awesome device, then if you want to use promo code SYP2019, good for $10 off a device. Um, if you have any questions, Ed and Elizabeth are very easy to get a hold of. Um, you can please reach out to them. Again, I don't get any portion of this or anything. I just, I, I love everything they're doing with this and I'm so proud of them and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Hello, everybody. Hey. Hey. 
How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you guys so much for being on here. I'm so excited to do this episode. We have a little bit different episode in that we've got, there's three of us involved. So sometimes it can make it a little trickier, but it's going to be an awesome episode, but I'm going to let them introduce themselves in a minute, but we have Elizabeth Lipton and we have Ed Steger. So Ed, if you want to introduce yourself first, tell the people a little, little bit about who you are. Thank you for inviting us on. Yeah. Um, I'm a head and neck cancer survivor. I was diagnosed in 2005, went through about three years of very intense treatment, have had no evidence of disease since late 2007. And in 2012, I took over the presidency of the National Foundation of Swallowing Disorders. And then for the past three years, have been working in partnership with Elizabeth to bring a new medical device to market. Excellent. That's what we're going to talk about today. So we'll get to that in just a few minutes. But Elizabeth, if you want to tell a little bit about who you are. Absolutely. Teresa, thanks for having us on your podcast today. I'm Elizabeth. I'm a speech language pathologist. I work in the acute care setting as in addition to the inpatient rehab center. I'm the executive director for the National Foundation of Swallowing Disorders. I started with the NFOSD in 2014 as a student intern where my role was to create the dysphagia webinar series. And since then, I've transitioned to being the executive director Over the past few years, I've worked closely with Ed to create this new device, which we're excited to share with you today. I love it. I love it. I did not even know you were a practicing clinician. I am. I guess that's like a horrible, I don't know. I should have put two and two together. That's okay. Oh my gosh. I love that, Elizabeth. Yay. Okay. I I don't know. It's like, I guess I thought this is horrible of me to say. I think I thought when you're like executive director of NFOSD or like an administrative person, and I didn't realize that you were a real life clinician. So yay. Yeah. Three to five days a week. I'm in the hospital. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Oh my God. This is going to be such a great topic. Okay. So tell the people why you guys are here today. What are we going to talk about? An awesome new device. Yes. We are excited to share with you. It's called the tongueometer. It's a, a new device that we introduced to the market this summer. It's a tongue strengthening device. It connects to an application that's free to download on your phone. It measures your tongue strength, your tongue endurance, and there's four different modules that you can set up. The great part about it is it shows biofeedback. It stores that data And then you can send that data to your clinician remotely, or you can go into the clinic and share it there as well. Awesome. I remember somebody had told me about it and I was like, this sounds way too good to be true. And I was like, wait, what's it called? And they're like the tongueometer. And then I remember I was telling somebody else about it and they were like, what is it called? And I was like, it's some, some silly name that you wouldn't forget. And I was like, I think it's like tongueometer or something. And they were yeah. like, really? And I, and then I looked it up. I was like, you guys, that's really what it is. And so I it love that. I love different names. When we were in development, we tried out so many different names and the tongueometer is the, the one that yeah. we have. It, it like stuck in my brain. I love it. So awesome. All right. So what do you want to share? You want to start from like A to Z with, you know, how you guys decided this was, you know, well needed and 
Absolutely. Sure. I'll give you a little bit of uh, some background about why we wanted to create this device. So Ed and I, through our our role with the foundation, we're traveling to a lot of conferences together and we would attend the presentations. And there were several presentations one year about tongue strengthening and potential outcomes on on swallowing. And Ed asked me, do you use any sort of devices or or tongue strengthening treatment in your practice? And I, I said, Sometimes I do, but it's very limited. At that time, I was a new clinician and I didn't have a lot of access to to fancy tools. And so we used things like tongue depressors, um, whatever we could find to work on tongue strengthening. And so we discussed how cost is one of the biggest limitations to access to these types of biofeedback tools. And we said, why don't we create a device that's affordable? And why don't we create it using somebody's own cell phone or tablet or computer that they already have to try to reduce that cost. So that's kind of where we got started with the idea. So the idea of tongue strengthening certainly isn't new, but the idea of having an affordable device to use is kind of novel. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Oh, I love that so much. So tell us what happened next. So, I mean, I, I think, I don't know, I do a lot of crazy stuff. I, a lot of things don't intimidate me, but the thought of like creating a medical device, I think would scare the crap out of me. So, yeah. Uh, uh, so, Teresa, we took an approach of using a 3D printer and, oh, how rapid, cool. and rapid prototyping with a lot of feedback from some of the top swallowing disorder clinicians and therapists and patients along the way with a a focus on keeping the device affordable. And the affordability part was so important to us because when one has a swallowing disorder, it impacts many aspects of their life, including their ability to pay. And so that was just really, really important to us. Yeah, I, I, I love that so much, Ed. Do you have any sort of like technology background or anything, Ed? So I have a master's degree with a focus on information technology awesome. and uh, mathematics. And I'm, I'm in love with building things and solving problems. Awesome. I purchased a a medium-priced 3D printer and found some mentors. And from there, created probably 30 different versions of the time before we brought it to market. This is probably one of the coolest episodes we've ever done, Ed. This is awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I mean, especially just what you've been through and then obviously using what you've been through to pour all your energy and passion into helping other people that have been through this. And, and that's, that's so cool. That's so commendable, Ed. So awesome. Thank you for that. It's it's so important to, to me and to Elizabeth that, that people that can be helped can, can now find a way to make it affordable to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that you said that. Cause I think it, that's kind of one of my big passions too, is getting other speech pathologists just to get out of their own way and know that there's so many patients that need them, that need their help. And there's kind of so many different tools that we do have access to. And I'm so glad that you're making some things 
even more accessible for us to be able to help our patients with. So this is just awesome. Okay. So where did we go after? So we had 30 prototypes. How, how did we narrow it down? <laughs> so we did a number of items as we hit milestones with the prototypes. Elizabeth would recruit SLP therapists. I might recruit some patients. We would send them the prototype and receive feedback. And then we had a focus group in February of 2018 with some of the top swallowing disorder specialists in the world where we again showed our most recent prototype and they provided some outstanding feedback. And once we were there, we kind of expanded the team and brought on professionals that could help us bring it to a product that was good for the market. That's awesome. That's that's amazing. You know, I guess, were there specific parameters that you really wanted to include? Or I guess, were there kind of like some non-negotiables that you were like, we have to have in this device? Or is it just just whatever you could do to make it affordable? Well, you know, one of the more valuable pieces of feedback was we at one point had a soft cover on the device. And there was a concern raised in this focus group that that might be a breeding ground for germs. And so if it was in a clinic, it would not be able to be cleaned properly. So we moved from a soft cover to a surface that was easy to disinfect. Oh, awesome. Good. That's excellent feedback. Okay. So what did you guys, did you end up partnering with like a big company to get it distributed or, or do you, are you still, I guess, talk to me a little bit about that process. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So right now our device is only available through our website, which is e2scientific.com. You can purchase it directly, whether you're a patient, you're a therapist, um, we're happy to work with, with companies or larger institutions if they want to purchase a significant number of bulbs or devices. We're happy to create invoices for them and work with them that way. But we wanted it to be very accessible. So other devices, especially the pricier ones, you have to get a quote or go through a clinician for a prescription. We wanted to make sure that people were able to access this without jumping through hoops to get to it. So we're hoping right now our device is only available in the United States. One of our, our bigger goals is to make sure that we can distribute this outside of the United States as well. That's a, a fairly major project. And with just the two of us right now, we're not quite at that level, but we're hoping to get there in the next next couple of years. So that's on our, our plate of things to do. I love it. One step at a time. I love yes. it, you guys. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. So yeah, so talk a little bit more about the device. So what it, you know, the parts, the kind of what's the what's the disposable cost and, you know, things that people have to buy themselves, things like that. Yes. When we created the device, initially we were thinking that it would be one device per person. 
But then we thought as an assessment tool, that doesn't really make sense to have to buy a whole device just to assess a patient and then to no longer use it. Again, if that patient doesn't require it after assessment. So we changed our focus to creating a device that could be used among multiple different people. The only thing that needs to be replaced is the bulb. So the bulb is a single user, but not single use component of our device. So the device can be unattached and replaced. Um, And then the handheld part of the device can be disinfected according to your institution's cleaning protocols for that. There's a a cord, a cable that connects to your phone. And the reason for having that cable is that our device doesn't have a battery inside. It uses the the phone or the tablet as the power source. And so there's a specific cable. You can't just use any, any cable. It's called an OTG cable that's specific to your device. Right now, it only works with Androids, but we're hoping by the end of next year to have an iOS version. I know that's one of the top questions that we get is, when will this be available with my Apple products? We're working on that. The reason we didn't launch with both an Android and an iOS version is because iOS only allows you to attach an external device as long as it's approved by them. Because we use the device or the tablet as the power source, Apple has stricter protocols and regulations for attaching an external device to that. So we're working on a a new, newer prototype. We have a a working iOS app that we're in the process of completing. And then instead of using the cable to connect it, we're anticipating using a Bluetooth version of the device, which would eliminate the need for a cable, which is actually kind of a a nice thing. So stay tuned for, for more on that. But currently it only works with Android. So anybody that has an Android tablet or a phone can download the app. You don't need to purchase the Tungometer device before you download the app. So you could download the app, see if you like the, the user interface of that, and then decide whether you want to purchase a device to go with that. Awesome. Okay. Can you use it on like a computer or anything or just strictly Android for right now? Right now, just Android tablets and phones and not on a desktop. Awesome. All right. So talk to me a little bit about like the actual device. So like the the bulbs and and what it measures and things like that. So our our bulb, it's a little bit different to other air-filled bulbs you might be familiar with for tongue-strengthening devices. Ours is textured. And so the reason for that was that the feedback we got during our focus groups was that the bulbs, other bulbs that are smooth, tend to be slippery, and it's hard to maintain that same spot in the mouth for patients that are are using the bulb. So we added a texture to ours. It's about a half teaspoon in terms of volume for the air-filled bulb. One thing that I really like about our device is that there's a lip guard. So once you thread the bulb through it, you can adjust the length of the bulb. So if you want to exercise the the front portion of the tongue, you can adjust the bulb so that it's closer to that lip guard. Or if you want to exercise the, the back part of the tongue, you can extend the length of the tubing on the bulb. And the way that the lip guard works is that the, the hole that you thread the bulb through is very taut, so it doesn't slip around and move. So if you want to be sure that, that your patient is exercising their, their tongue in the same exact spot every time, once that bulb is threaded there, you could either make a mark or just leave it there in between practices and it won't move. Awesome. Well, that's great. Teresa, may I yeah. fill in a few other pieces on the device? Please do it. Yeah. Okay. So there's four primary modules. You can measure maximum strength, maximum duration. You can, the third is repetitive exercises, and the fourth is isometric exercises. And 
The app is very user-friendly. Um, it's very intuitive, and it provides immediate biofeedback. It stores that information. You can see what you've done that day, that week, that month, that year. At any point, you can share that information with your therapist who can load it into a patient dashboard and actually see your progress over time. It's just really a full future of the whole system. Awesome. I love that so much. That was going to be one of my questions was if you could could share that because I know some some other, not, not tongue specific, but some other devices on the market allow the data to be shared with the clinician. And I think that's so awesome and, and really encouraging, especially to get that patient engagement and patient feedback. You know, I think it's a lot of times patients are wondering is what I'm doing, improving my swallow. And, you know, clinicians are wondering that too, you know, is what we're doing actually helping the patient. So I love that you're able to produce that data and share it and have some good discussions around that. You know, in line with that, a patient purchased our device about a month ago and two weeks after he had it, he emailed us and said, I am so excited about what this has done for me. My speech is better. I can't wait to see my SLP at the institution he goes to and share with that person's SLP the progress he found with just two weeks of exercise. That's excellent. Awesome. Have you guys, have you put it through any any research protocols or anything yet? That's a, a good question. Right now, we're in the process of getting the tonometer to be used in research projects. So we're hoping to have some publications within the, the next year, year and a half, with some information that uses the tonometer. So one of the things that's important to us is to, to show the norms, especially in, in healthy adults, to compare to other tongue strength norms, we anticipate it will be similar, if not the same to other similar devices on the market. But it's something that's important so that we can say the tongueometer normal tongue strength is supposed to be around this. This is what we anticipate in healthy people so that we know what's normal, what's abnormal. Yeah. Awesome. So so right now you guys don't have any any research data. It's just basically all kind of empirical patient feedback. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And one of the things we, we get a lot of questions from SLP saying my institution won't purchase this unless there's data available. I understand certainly yes. that, but yeah. tongue strengthening isn't new. We have a lot yeah. of research available that shows using a tongue strengthening device similar to this shows that you do increase your tongue strength for certain populations, yeah. for certain patients. Certainly there's a lot of information that shows that tongue strengthening using devices like this increases tongue strength, which may result in, in improved swallow outcomes as well. So I like to refer them to that, that research that is available. And then hopefully in the, the next year or so, we can show them research using the tongueometer as yes. well. Excellent. And just to throw in one more point on that, we use that research to help drive the design of our device. So we're not trying to reinvent the wheel as far as research is concerned. We're really just trying to make a device that will work and what's affordable. Yeah. 
Yeah. I often tell awesome. people it's kind of like weightlifting. If you go to the gym and you use dumbbell brand A, you'll get the same results as using dumbbell brand B, even though it's two different brands of dumbbells, you're exercising and, and doing the same task. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I, I, I love so many things about what you guys have done with this, because I think so many people would get derailed with that because that is the number one question. You know, the number one question is going to be, well, do you have any research to support it? And it's like, sometimes we just don't always have research to support things. Although in this case, we absolutely have a ton of research to support tongue strengthening exercises. But I love that you just came to market with it, getting patient experience with it, getting feedback from researchers, and now you can actually conduct those studies. So, I mean, this is awesome what you guys have have done, really. I'm, I'm so glad you didn't get intimidated by the journey and just took it one step at a time. So... That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Let's see, where where are we here? Teresa, would it yep. help to know how we made the device so affordable? Very much so. Okay. So we leveraged existing off-the-shelf electronics, and we also leveraged the power of smart devices. So there was very little original development, which would have added a lot to the cost of the device. We also built an outstanding team, and some of that team, like our app developers, um, had deferred their compensation in exchange for being part of the company. So bringing any device, and especially a medical device, is a very costly affair. But by leveraging things that already existed, that helped us tremendously. That's excellent. That's incredible. I, I think that that thinking is really what's going to expand a lot of devices for our market specifically. I know there's a few other devices on the market that I've heard are coming down the pike. And same thing, you know, they said, well, why, you know, we might as well just use an iPad or, you know, like you guys have said, might as well just use an Android instead of creating a whole new system. Cause I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure that's what costs a bajillion dollars. <laughs> so <laughs> at least, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's incredible. So is really the only part that you printed with the 3D printer, the bulb portion of it? So the main part we used for the 3D printer was the Pacing for the electronics. And once we were happy with that, then we turned it over to a professional computer aided design engineer who created a CAD drawing that was used to create an injection mold for the pacing. And we did a similar process for the bulb component. I am just totally blown away here, Ed. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Elizabeth, it sounds like you found a real dummy to work with here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's incredible. Oh, my gosh. I, this. <laughs> that is, I, that's so admirable, Ed. I, I'm usually not speechless on my own podcast, but I am, I must say. So. <laughs> yeah. Elizabeth and I worked together so well as a team. This, this wasn't me alone. This wasn't Elizabeth alone. It was her and I working together 
finding outstanding resources. And there were about a dozen of them that made up the entire team. Excellent. And, and that's how we brought this to market. Awesome. And I don't want to downplay you at all, Elizabeth. I hope I didn't, didn't sound like that. <laughs> not so. at all. Not at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, let's see. What else? What else can we talk about? Maybe the population that could benefit from the device. Uh, yeah, that, that'd be great. Want to uh, share that. Absolutely. I'd be happy to talk about what populations we think could benefit from this device. There's quite a few. The biggest one that comes to mind for me in terms of patients that I work with are, are stroke survivors. I would say about half of the, the patients that I evaluate with stroke have some type of tongue weakness. And so using a device like this to help them in their, their treatment, their recovery could be very beneficial for, for stroke patients, patients with traumatic brain injury, other acquired brain injury, and then certainly head and neck cancer patients as well. And one of our, our ideas, not, not our ideas, one of the big ideas is using a device like this as a prophylactic treatment tool or not even treatment, just a prophylactic tool in patients that are undergoing head and neck cancer treatment. So getting a device in their hands before they even start, whether it's their, their surgery, their radiation, so that they have this and they know how to use it before they have these changes with their swallowing is something that we're interested in seeing, whether yeah. that becomes part of uh, best practice. Yeah, yeah uh, and, very much so. And some of the other populations, the research says that there is a degradation in swallowing safely as you age, so an aging population, and also certain neurodegenerative diseases. It might help push off some of the more severe effects of that underlying malady if you exercise what's important to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that is so fascinating that we do have so much data now on what is considered normal and then what is considered age-related. And if we can do some things to kind of not not beat it, but get ahead of it, I think is is incredible. I was Good. thinking, Teresa, did we talk at all about the price? No. Okay. Maybe that's something we can bring up if that's okay. Yeah. So people often ask, how much is this? They've come up to our table at different conferences where we've exhibited and they already assume that they can't afford this device. Yes. So yeah. when they hear the price. A scorned SLP. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they, when they hear what we have to say, we often have them guess what they think the price would be. But right now we have our device available for $119, which is about 10% of the cost and not 10% less of the current cost of other devices that are very similar to ours on the market. But it makes it affordable which is really nice. Yeah. And then what's the cost of the bulbs? The bulbs right now. So in small amounts, you can purchase a bulb for around $6. When you buy it in bulk, it gets around to $4. Awesome. Okay. And how long, you said they're, they're multi-use bulbs. How long do you realistically think you could use one until yeah. you'd have to replace it? Good question. We recommend using them for eight weeks and then replacing them if you're going to continue using it. Yeah. The average treatment for tongue strengthening is around eight weeks. And then between use, we recommend cleaning the bulb just with a, a mild soap and a damp paper towel and then drying it completely and then storing it in a, in a dry, cool space. Awesome. 
if there's any sort of damage to the, the bulb or the tubing, which we feel is very unlikely, then we recommend throwing it away right away and replacing it. Yeah. Awesome. Do you guys have any sort of specific protocol that you're recommending to be used with this? Like, you know, I'm just throwing out a random number, 30 repetitions, five times a day or something, you know, do you, have you played around with anything like that? I'm sure obviously once it goes to more specific research, you'll get more kind of a prescription, but I didn't know if there was something you've recommended or you've had really good outcomes with, or if you're just going based on really the current literature that we have out there now. It's such a, a great question. I think one of the most common treatment protocols is from Dr. Dr. Joanne Robbins, when she has the eight-week program, you exercise every other day. So let's say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you do X number of exercises of tongue presses with your, your maximum isometric pressure and then readjust the threshold every two weeks. That's a, a common protocol that a lot of SLPs recommend when using a device like this. Taking a look at some of Dr. Steele's publications, there's different protocols that she has suggested where to increase specificity, maybe we should practice saliva swallows or hard effortful swallows using the bulb. So there's a lot of different protocols and the research is showing that there's not exactly one right way to do it. We're hoping that this device, because it's capable of collecting so much data, that maybe we can come up with a, a better recommendation for the intensity, the frequency, the duration of a treatment program. So we, as, as a company, as E2 Scientific, don't recommend any sort of specific protocol. We always recommend that you work closely with your SLP to determine what's right for you. But hopefully at some point, we'll have an actual protocol of what we recommend. But at this point... We're deferring to the, the patient's SLP to come up with the right program. Awesome. That's all right. I love that. I'd like to just emphasize that we recognize that every patient is different and really encourage people who may benefit working with a speech-language pathologist as they go through their rehabilitation activities. Yeah. Well, and that leads me to, to what my question was. Is there any sort of restriction on who can purchase this? Like, can, like, I'm guessing SLPs can, can, can just patients purchase it themselves or can a family member purchase it for a patient? Is there, you know, some devices have some weird regulations around who can get it for why. I don't have any clue about that, but I didn't know if you guys had run into anything like that. So this is a FDA listed class one medical device, and it can be purchased by uh, anyone in the United States. So there's not a requirement for a prescription or that a patient give a sign off to a caregiver. It's very straightforward. Excellent. That's awesome. Was it, was it like climbing Mount Everest trying to get FDA clearance? So, uh, <laughs> Actually, in some respects, it was. So we, as part of our team, we had an FDA consultant. Excellent. And, and the main output from that was a lot of documentation, but there's a device master record that supports the device. There's a quality management system that deals with Everything that ISO says should be in a quality management system. And then there's specific work instructions for assembling the device. If there ever was an adverse reaction, 
from an adverse incident, how would we report it, how would we report on it. So in that respect, it was a major undertaking. And we couldn't have done it without having some deep FDA expertise working with yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm so impressed with, with the work that you guys have done on this. It's, it's incredible. It's so admirable for our field. And yeah, like I said, I'm speechless. Good job, you guys. I'm never speechless. <laughs> so I, I don't even, I can't even think of any more questions, you guys. You've, you've covered it all. So is, is there anything else, anything else you want, want the people to know about? We would love to have feedback from people as they're using it. Although it's only been on the market for about two months. Okay. One person has reordered four times. Awesome. Uh, and so basically, we love feedback from people who are actually using it and to use that for future enhancements. Excellent. Do you have a spot on the website to collect feedback and things like that? We do not. Right now, it's kind of low tech as far as email is concerned. Okay. Well, yeah, that that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is a way for people to get in touch with you and yes. tell you how wonderful it is. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's not wonderful, we want to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Keep keep developing. Awesome. Are you guys going to be at ASHA this year at the ASHA convention? We won't be at the ASHA convention this year, but we will be at DRS in oh, Puerto awesome. Rico. Yeah, we're excited. Awesome. Yeah. And we will also exhibit at the Sin City Voice and Swallow Conference. Cool. This year, I think it's their 15th anniversary conference. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So good. Getting yourselves out there. Yeah. Awesome. Teresa, we really, really appreciate you inviting us on this magnificent forum that serves a community that is often marginalized. So thank you for inviting us. Thank you guys for coming on. This I like I said, I, I've done how many episodes now? 107 maybe. This is probably one of my top favorite coolest episodes yet. I just I think it's so commendable that I, I'm gonna try to say this the right way as tactful as possible. But Elizabeth, you're just a normal old SLP. And Ed, <laughs> you're just a normal old patient that's been through hell and back. But together you guys have created this incredible product that's gonna help so many patients. And I love the tenacity that you've put into it and just it's it's awesome. I, I love it so much. So kudos to you guys. Thank uh, you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So we'll get, I'll make sure all the information is up on, up on the website. We'll make sure people get, know, know every way that they can access it and how they can purchase it for, I'm sure a lot of private, I'm sure this is going to help a lot of private practices too, that can't, you know, they want to have tools to help their patients, but can't afford really expensive devices. So yeah, this is awesome. So. Excellent. Well, thank you, Teresa. We so appreciate being on your podcast. Yeah. All right. So if you would love to hear more of these episodes and get some easily digestible bites of swallowing knowledge, then please leave a review on iTunes or pledge a small amount on patreon.com forward slash swallow your pride because that is what keeps these episodes coming. 
Also, don't forget to subscribe, share with your closest colleagues, and show notes will always be available to download over on SwallowYourPridePodcast.com, where you can also be notified of the latest podcast episodes. Also, credit to Stephanie Jacobson for her incredible editing skills, and thank you so much to all of you for listening.